Welcome to Gloom and Bloom. This is Christine. This is Taylor. It's 2024. Were you guys so sad about last week? (laughs) I I heard tears. I heard cries. You're like, the red circle is rioting right now. They no, are I so heard lost it. without us. There was us. gnashing of teeth. <laughs> They're like, ah, rioting ah. in the streets. Lots of hair pulling, eye yeah. gouging, scratching. Oh, We're like, guys, calm down. We'll be right back. People were punching people down and then just bleeding upon them <laughs> in anger. <laughs> Rage bleeding. Rage bleeding. They are on the rise. And we're so sorry about it. It is our, all of our fault. <laughs> bleeding is on the rise if you did not read it in the news you're hearing it here first and Mm -hmm. you know what i saw it i'm sorry i'm sorry you guys we have posted every single week yes for two years two and even when taylor had a baby even when i had a baby we double recorded for eight weeks i think Mm -hmm. yeah we did and it was marvelous and we're proud of it yeah but we're like hey you know what it's Christmas. Yeah, we record on Mondays. Monday was Christmas. Taylor's like, I was like, do you want to record the day after Christmas? And I was like, Bleh. And I was, she's like, how do you feel about taking the week off? I was like, great. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's fine. <laughs> so we do took it. it off, but we did miss each other. And I walked in and you. I said, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like she had not been here in a long time. My family forgot who she was. <laughs> They're like, uh, Mom, there's a strange lady at the door. No, Chip didn't forget. He was no, so he, excited. He was waiting at the door the whole time I was sitting in my car gathering my things. Oh, well, because he was barking, and I was like, I bet Taylor's here. <laughs> you know, if I have to see someone once a week, I'm so glad it's you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's oh so, so nice. I know. I feel like I haven't really talked to adults that much since we haven't recorded, so it's really good to have you here. Yeah, you guys, the thing that Christine doesn't tell you is, like, she lives with an adult, like, she lives with Todd, but they actually don't talk. Or when we do, we do baby talk. <laughs> Todd, you want some dinner? <laughs> Come here, Toddy Waddy. <laughs> Toddy want rice? <laughs> and I uh, I do airplane for him. So I don't get much adult time. So this is nice. He's a little strange that way. But, you know, to each their own. I don't know. I am um, very fine of not talking to people for most of the day. Like, and You're Todd, an introvert. Yes, I am. And Todd, like, will talk through the day, but we don't sit down and be like, tell me everything. Because he's yeah. like, my job's super dumb and boring and you wouldn't care about it. And I'm like, you're right. I wouldn't. I, w- so, I don't and I wouldn't. I know. Because he, he, t- he, <laughs> he sells sterile injectables. You're like, oh, he's a drug dealer. That's exciting. Sterile injectables. Tell me about that more. Oh. What is a sterile injectable? Like medication. Like, that's what they do. They're drug dealers. Like fentanyl. You're like, whoa, that's cool. He sells fentanyl? He doesn't even sell it. He just just talks to hospitals and they get the drugs from them. He's like, Todd, you got all the drugs you need? People die from fentanyl. Todd, you bastard. Why would you do that? (laughs) Why are you creating a fentanyl problem in our country? (laughs) My mom had had surgery. She stayed here. You told me. I told you about that. And she was like looking at, I don't even know, some paper that she was emailed. And she was like, they gave me fentanyl. And you're like, (laughs) I was like. Yeah. Uh oh. When Millie was coming out of her eye surgery and was so miserable and like shrieking, they came and dosed her with fentanyl. So it's like, well, I mean, in a hospital setting, it's cool. It if done under the right circumstances and in the right doses, right, we can condone. Yes. But if you're having a euphoria situation. Mm. 
we really don't condone. We told you, we align with the D.A.R.E. program. We align. <laughs> we are actually sponsored by D.A.R.E. We're a D.A.R.E. pro. We're actually the D.A.R.E. program. Yeah, they hired us. They're doing a whole overhaul. Instead of a bear, yeah. it's now two moms <laughs> who like creepy shit. They're like, kids are going to really identify with this. Yeah, they're like, they're actually undercover like, Dare is undercover as Gloom and Bloom podcast. Because uh-huh. well, what we're going to do is we're going to go to schools and tempt kids with drugs. And if they fall for it, we say, arrest that child. Children are like, why it's, are these um, adult women it's offering like us? Scared straight meets Dare. It's really new. And um, Scared straight meets Dare meets uh, Mrs. Smith. Like, really strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm offerings it's not your friends it's out of the it's box. your friend's mom <laughs> <laughs> your friend's mom's offering you drugs it's hard to say no it is especially like, when oh. the weed is baked into the cookies <laughs> she's like do you want cookies and you're like yeah and then you eat them like, and they're like yes Timmy's mom. <laughs> you fell for it you fell for take it. him away <laughs> It's like that show, the like predator show, what is it? <laughs> to catch a predator, to catch a a drug child or whatever. <laughs> to catch a drug child, the kids have no idea. You're just and offering like, them gotcha. cookies, and you're like, caught to prison, and they're like, what? And he's like, I'm ten. I'm ten. I'm I like, just sorry. like chocolate chip. You should have known. You're, it's your mother's fault. She goes to jail too. <laughs> she didn't teach you to be wary, to not trust adults. Anyway, oh my gosh. don't trust anyone. So that's something new for us. Yeah, that we're excited. About. <laughs> something exciting that's you know on the rise for us, and uh, uh-huh. we're yes. actually really proud to start off our our uh, 24, 24 episode sharing this 20, with 24. You. <laughs> 24, 24, 24. I know. Todd was like, we should do resolutions, and I was like, yeah, we should like sit down and like with the girls and talk about things they want to do for twenty twenty one. And Todd's like, what? I'm like, what? He's like, you said 2021. You're like, that's where I am. And I, know, I was like, that's what I said. I was like, <laughs> I'm still dealing with a lot and I want to start 2021 over. <laughs> well, so I was going to talk to you about that because I feel like, you know, you've got a lot going on. I've had a lot going on, mm-hmm. like mentally, physically, I don't know, emotionally, <laughs> spiritually, spiritually. It's all been a lot. No. So um, <laughs> I was going to ask you if you set any New Year's goals. I did. Because I set some goals and most of them are podcast related. So oh, I, I am, I set a goal that Every day I'm going to work on the po- something on the podcast for 30 minutes at Whoa. least. Whoa. I'm because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I told myself today, I said, "Taylor, yeah. 30 minutes is not that long." It's not. You can set a timer mm-hmm. and dedicate that much of your day to something. I would love it. And you know what? I care about this podcast. So do so I. I'm dedicating my purpose every yes. day. And you know 30 what? minutes. Guys, we uh, obviously love our little community, but yes. it has kind of stayed the same size. So we want to grow, We, we you need guys. to grow because we it put a ton of time into this yes. and we want it to be worth our while because yes. we're not going to stop making it. We've told you, we, we, ma- we make it for free. We, <laughs> we refuse to stop, <laughs> truly. You couldn't make us if you tried. You will get us in your ears until your ears bleed. Until so you, you might as well share it with all your friends and family. Please do. And you know what? We could really use some Apple uh, podcast reviews. Yes. And you know... The thing I always love to tell people when I talk about our podcast is like, I think sometimes people are like, oh, it's a true crime podcast. Yeah. But I was actually talking to one of my clients who she listens, also a Gen Zer. Stop it. <laughs> we need more Gen Z representation. I was, 
diversity. So flattered. <laughs> I was like doing her hair and she's like, I listen to your podcast. I was like, oh my Is gosh. she a new client too? No. Oh. But I was like so flattered and I was so excited. But um she was saying, like, when I tell my friends about it, I'm like, oh, it's like true crime, but like, but it's not. <laughs> Ooh. And I'm like, you guys, you got to make the intri- the intrigue, you know? Yes. Because true crime. Oh, there's We're like so literally much a more billion than true of those. crime. We're like barely true crime, actually. I feel <laughs> like that should be at the bottom of our description. Yeah. But here's the thing. Have you listened to a true crime episode where you've listened to a story mm-hmm. about someone giving birth to rabbit parts? <laughs> I bet you haven't. Bet you haven't. So, <laughs> so that's why you come here to get so the good So spread the stuff. word. <laughs> spread the word. Do you like to hear about people shoving weird things in their vag? In their this anus. This is the podcast for you. This is for you. <laughs> in their anus? Where is that one? Well, we talk about when doctors come in and they're like, you did not sit oh, on the shampoo bottle, yeah. sir. And he's like, it was an accident. But, you know, we're just <laughs> we're just sharing with the people so they know, hey, you you can't stick everything up your butt. You, that's our main goal. <laughs> one dare to uh, anal awareness. <laughs> we need to change our description. <laughs> True crime comedy, no. Anal awareness and drug enforcers Mm -hmm. against children. Incognito drug. War against drugs, but for children. For children, yes. (laughs) And you know what? It's for people who, um, like, honestly, none of my, like, my friends... Uh, we don't talk about the things you and I talk about. No. So if you, like, don't have a place where you can vent your weird thoughts, this is for you. Also, like, who doesn't have weird thoughts? I know. I was. Are people on, just like living their normal life? They're just like, I never think one weird no, thought in my whole day. Or they think it's only them. I was on my book trip, right? And yeah. we were like close to a bridge or something. So I like pretended like I threw myself over. Yeah. And the this older lady that was with us, she was like laughing. And I was like, intrusive thoughts. Like, yeah. Oh. And she's like, I thought I was the only one who had those. I was like, no, if you don't think about like when you have to veer off to the side of something, and you don't think about driving straight into it. Like you're Literally, lying. Every, almost every time I go through an intersection, I'm like, what if my car just like hit that median head on? <laughs> you're like, what if I didn't veer to the side like, and just took on that weird pole in the middle? The pole in the middle. I was like, that would be horrible. Yeah. Or I'm like cutting food. I'm like, what if I accidentally cut off all my fingers? <laughs> Yes, that is an intrusive thought. And these are the things that kept me awake when I was a new mom. Because I was like, what if I'm so tired I accidentally put my baby in the microwave instead of the bottle? And you're like, I would never do that. But what if it, what if I did? (laughs) What if I just did it? (laughs) And you're lying to yourself if you say, I don't think that. No. We want you to email us. We haven't gotten any great emails. Any emails, actually. In a while. Please tell us your intrusive thoughts that you don't want to share. We'll do it anonymously. Oh. But tell us the weird intrusive thoughts you have. I truly, would love to hear it. Truly. The more random, the better. Because, yeah. Blue there's been podcast so many that at gmail.com. I'm like, but why? But why would I think that? I don't know. So. One time when I was in church, they're like, you'll be judged for your thoughts. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going straight to hell. It's going down. It's the baby in the microwave. It's going to send me there. Yeah. What was your New Year's goal? Oh. Sorry. I just like went on with mine. No, that was great. I love that. Oh, good. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, uh, A a small one Mm -hmm. that I did really shitty at since 2020 
is I'm going to like get ready and dressed for the day every day. And I, I failed at it the first two days of the year. <laughs> because like I always feel so much better. Yes. But I it's been so easy to be lazy about it. Exactly. Because I'm like, besides going to the gym and doing carpool, most days I don't really see people. But honestly, I'm not doing it for other people. I'm doing exactly. it for me. And that's the thing is I'm like, <coughs> I need to like step it up. I obviously like Todd's going to love me no matter what. Truly. Probably. Like Jared's I like, mean, I don't care if you're in sweats, if you have your makeup done. Yes. I mean, I just feel like I he does a prefer if effort. I shower and brush my teeth. But um, he said that to you. What a dick. What an asshole. Yes. <laughs> One time. He yeah. actually has never said that to me, but I'm it's an assumption I'm making. I think it's fair. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, that's one of mine. And I just feel like I'll feel better about me and like just more put together. Yeah. Because I hate when I, I am being a sloth and I look like I'm doing Adam Sandler cosplay and then I see a fellow mom who's like dressed and ready Rocking and I'm like, it. what are you doing? What do you have that I don't have? <sighs> What's the secret to your it's life? It's discipline and uh, get up and go. Well, that's the thing is like my, along with my like, you know, do something for the podcast every day. My other one is just like, just to have overall better time management. That's I really need to be better about like how I manage my I don't time. even know how to do that. No, but that's why I'm like, even with like the thing, like just set a timer for 30 minutes. A lot of things can be accomplished in like 30 minutes. And I, know, I just right? need to like, if you just tell down. myself that, mm-hmm. especially if you set a timer, I feel like totally. then you're like racing against the clock. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, I only have to do this for this long and then I don't have to do it for the rest of the day. I know. See, I even feel I like if I do that with like a workout, mm-hmm. I'm much more likely to do it. If I'm like, yeah. okay, this is only going to take like 30 minutes. Yeah. I'll close my ring on my watch. That's one of your feel goals good. too, right? Yeah. Exercise. Nice. Because I used to be really good at it yeah. prior to uh, <laughs> giving birth to Kira. Mm-hmm. And I've just, it's really hard to get back on the train. It really is. So I'm holding myself accountable. I'm hoping other people will hold me accountable. Oh, I'll text you and be like, go to Thanks. the gym yet? And she yeah. says no. I'll be like, well, because Christine goes to the gym every idiot. day. And I'm like, you need to be like, get your butt moving. Yeah. Boot, boot sergeant. Yeah. What is that? Sergeant? Kaboot sergeant. I don't know. Caboodle sergeant. Yeah. Um, another one of mine was, uh, oh, so my room ends up being where things get stashed I think and that's like normal. I fold laundry on my bed and then the the laundry that doesn't get put away like the girls forgot to take their clothes upstairs. I'm mm-hmm. like, "Eh, it's too late now." I put it on my dresser. And then my dresser usually has like just folded clothes on it at all times. And mm-hmm. when it's actually all cleaned up in there, I'm like, "This is so nice. It feels good." Cuz like it yeah, looks when good. things are cluttered, like my house is usually like not a disaster like hoarder yeah. status, but it's just I don't know. When I need to yeah. hurry and pick up, I just shove it all in my room. Not this year. Everything's going to have a home. And I love that. it's going to be clean. My friend just sent me a thing, which I'll send to you. It's like uh, 15 weeks of decluttering your home. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need this because... When it's like bite size. T- tidy, tidy home, tidy mind. Yes. Right? Yes. That's Absolutely. what I heard. I heard that. I don't... I've never had that, so I oh, don't... Oh, I know. I can imagine <laughs> I can imagine that that's the case i know well because my kids have obviously been home for forever it feels like yeah so todd took them to airborne and i cleaned the whole like upstairs while they were gone and i was like i'm so happy you're like I've, and I've then they came so home much. threw all my pillows on the ground ate chips in like, the living room no! and i was like i can't wait till you guys go to school yep which is tomorrow which i'm I dreading i don't want to have to do schedules and everything yeah. again but i digress but you'll have like 
Because Millie's an all-day school. Yeah, now, right? so it's fine. I have so I'll like you have, have, have like eight hours, seven hours a day yeah. to yourself. That's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> it is great. I'm dreaming of that day. It's nice. I'm not gonna lie In to you. In fall, I'm gonna get two and a half hours, two times a week. Uh, see, that's like it's almost worse because then you have <laughs> <I know. laughs> a clock on your free time, and it's usually time to go get groceries. <laughs> exactly. But since I started doing Walmart delivery, I don't worry about that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I do HelloFresh. It has cut down significantly how often I go to the grocery store. So, so nice. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like all I've got. I love that. Um, did you get anything exciting for Christmas? How was your Christmas? Oh, it was great. Uh, it was really good. The kids were all super pleased. Yeah. Uh, I got, Todd gave me like this really nice jacket. He went to Shields, <gasps> which is his um, temple, as you know. I love that he goes to it's his one stop shop. He got me a, I don't even know what brand it is, but it's really nice. It's like a cute kind of Sherpa jacket. Yeah. It's nice. And then he got me AirPod Pros because I kept losing mine. So I've made a solemn vow. That's well, another goal, I guess, to not lose them. Do you know what I got? What? I lost my left AirPod Pro. Oh. So Jared l- told me I could buy the left AirPod Pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice, because though. Literally, we just bought me AirPod Pro 2s, like like not even that long ago, and Way I lost go, one. Dork. And so he was like, Merry Christmas, you can buy the other one. But I mean, he also got me, I, I asked for laser hair removal. Oh, yeah. Have you started that? No, I started on Friday. <sighs> uh, return and report, because I was such a wiener about it. You're I like, I can't do it. I couldn't. So yeah. I you felt it like it was better. so painful? Yes. Well, I'll tell you. I don't really think Have I you done like the waxing it. before? Yes, and I also hate that. But. Which one do you feel like was worse? I honestly, well, I felt like the laser hair removal was worse. Really? It was like, it's like hot rubber bands flicking you. Mm. That's what it felt like. I'm worth, I'm, I think it's worth the I'm suffering. I'm sure so many people do it. It's yeah. a me problem. Yeah. But. I'm uh, so excited though. I love that. How was your kid's Christmas? It was good. Yeah. They loved it. Yep. Yeah. I try to keep things simple and. I, I'm still every year like, how did they get so much stuff? I really, I get them like five gifts. Yes. But still every year it's like, oh my gosh, where'd all this come from? I know. It's like such a disaster. <laughs> I know like there's some stuff my girls haven't even opened yet. Like, oh yeah. Like a speaker from my mother-in-law or whatever. Oh, I was going to tell you, we got an uni pizza oven. <gasps> They're so good. We haven't opened it yet. I'll give you the best pizza crust recipe. Yes, please do. Because I am incredible. excited to try it. Yeah. We do it like... I mean, we should do it more often because it's like grilling. Mm-hmm. It's really not that much more work than like uh, doing the grill. But we usually will do it when we have like friends over or something. Yeah. And my because my friend is the one who introduced us to the uni pizza oven, uh-huh. and she does it like buffet style. So like they just keep making pizzas, oh, and then and everyone just grabs a slice. Share. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Do you yeah. do it? Is it outside? Do you have to put it outside? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's <clears throat> exciting. Ooh. And that's all I've got. I love it. Um, did you see any movies oh, over the break? I did write that down. Okay, so I went and saw Anyone But You. Oh, I want to see that so bad. It, you loved it, though. I loved it. I mean, I love Sydney Sweeney. Oh, I honestly don't hell. think I've seen him in anything. He's in uh, Top Gun. Yeah, which I haven't seen still, yeah. but. He's freaking spicy, man. Ooh. He is a looker. I like me a blonde. A lot of people aren't into blondes. I obviously married a blonde. Yeah. I like blondes. Sydney Sweeney, her... She is so beautiful, 
Her boobs, man. Her boobs. Her boobs. Ugh, the dream. So good, and she's so tiny. Anyway, uh, I thought the acting was great. Yeah, I thought like it was really pretty to look at. I mm. loved the story, so I googled it because I'm like, is this based on a book? I want to read the shit out of this book. Totally. And it's actually based on a Shakespeare play called uh, "Much Ado About Nothing." Oh. So you're reading it? No. You're reading the play? <laughs> no. It's kind of like how 10 Things I Hate About You was based on Taming the Shrew. Okay. So it's like that. Okay. And there's like subtle nods to it in the in the story. Anyways, yeah. I loved it so oh, much. It I was actually it so funny. Bad. It really took me back to like rom-coms of the past. I love it. They that. haven't made any in years. No. So I hope you love it as much as I did. I need to. And it takes place in Australia. Oh, amazing. So I loved it even more. Well... I love that. Is that all you watched, though? Really? Yeah. Todd took the girls to <clears throat> the migration one. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, thanks. Yeah. I'll stay I'm home. not <laughs> very interested in that one. But I love that he'll do that. He's like, I'll just He's take He's seriously them. the <clears throat> best. Yeah. Uh, I did go see Poor Things. Oh, I don't... With I've Emma Stone. Like, what? It's the one where her hair is, like, long and black and, like, down to her thing, and she's walking like this. Um, that doesn't even ring a bell weirdest movie i've ever seen but um enjoyed wow uh basic plot summary yes like weird so willem dafoe is in it too Mm. he looks like he's got like his face has been stitched together Mm. it's very strange mark ruffalo's in it and you meet this girl what is her name in this show i can't even think anyway she you very, pretty quickly find out. If you don't want to hear anything about this movie, don't listen to this. If you're like planning to go listen. But pretty quickly in the movie, you find out that because he like hires this guy to come in and help like, you know, take notes on what she's doing and how she's progressing because she's like, dog, dog. Oh, and you're she, like, what? Was she raised by wolves or something? No. So you find out uh, that. She was a woman who jumped off of a bridge, mm. and he found her, and she was alive enough, but not quite alive, mm-hmm. that he pulled her in, because he's an amazing surgeon. Mm-hmm. And, she and he was, did his own face. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so his dad did. His oh. dad stitched his face together. So she was pregnant at the time, ah. so he removed the baby. Of course. And he's like... I've got this perfectly healthy baby and this woman who's barely alive. So he, what he does is he removes the baby's brain and puts it in the woman's body. <laughs> so then the baby is dead. And then it's all about her sexual exploration and it's wild. <laughs> what in the actual hell? It was... Emma Stone, what, why? My friend and I, the whole movie were like... There, <laughs> there's a scene where she becomes a sex worker. And there's, like, a man who, like, skitters across the floor to her, and it's so hilarious. No. Anyway. Why? So that's what I watched this winter break. I'm so, like, what? So the baby just died. Yeah. <laughs> no, baby. But for science. That's what I'm hung no, up on here. <laughs> no, the baby didn't die because he lives on in the brain of the grown woman. I hate it. I love it. <laughs> I've also heard a lot about salt burn. Yes. Have you seen that? No, but I want to. So many people are so like, so bad. What the, did I just watch? Well, have you heard about any of the scenes? No, I know Jacob Elordi's in it and that it's weird. That's all I know. Do you want to hear about any of the scenes? Yeah. So on TikTok, the big controversial scenes. Again, if you're sensitive, don't listen to this. Don't listen to this entire podcast. If you don't podcast. want spoilers, if you don't want 
if you're sensitive to really disturbing content, maybe don't listen. And skip my story this week. You skip your story. <laughs> so apparently they're this kid who seems underprivileged gets invited to like basically come to Jacob Elordi's house. He's like partying it up with them. They fall. I don't know if they fall in love or <laughs> what, but like there's a scene in a bathtub where someone is slurping semen <laughs> from the bathtub drain. No, that's what I've heard. Why? I could be wrong. And then there's another scene where someone dies uh-huh. and the guy, the other guy from the movie, not Jacob Lordy, the other guy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> bangs the ground where he the person was buried like has sex with the ground with the ground i mean grief is weird i mean <laughs> i i need to watch it you do you do i don't know back. why i feel like it's on the same <clears throat> vein as tusk and i feel like you're the only one who can review no, it you guys nothing compares to tusk <laughs> tusk is the my biggest anti recommendation for you to ever watch, okay? Okay. So, but have you seen the videos of him like picking up the cup? Well, no. Oh, okay. Pick who? Jacob Elordi picking up a cup? Yes. So they're in an interview for Saltburn, and the guy who's his co-star oh, is really is tiny. I have seen it. Yeah, and he's so Jacob Elordi's like six foot five. He's huge. So there's that. I loved that video. I actually. But someone made this video, and it made me laugh. The last coffee has altered my brain chemistry forever. I, I need to show my working. Welcome to the PowerPoint. <laughs> the moment in question happened at a pre-screening so big. thing of Saltburn, which is the movie w- with the drain scene. Another thing that ruined my life forever. Here they are <laughs> sitting on director's chairs with little drinkies. These are the drinkies, by the way, little drinkies. Being we'll have to share this video. Big yes. And small. Big, big and, and small. small. Take a big. Barry Small. Yes, we've got it. Okay, so next. This is the video. <laughs> You've got to read your PowerPoint. At least get to the first Jacob slide. Jacob is a feral. unit. Top line. Jacob Lordy, a unit. It also tells us <laughs> Barry is tiny. There's a knee pat, a nice little knee pat. Something you may not have noticed, but I noticed. Jacob's socks and jumper match. Barry is kicking his feet. He's also giggling. That's a crime. <laughs> That's a crime. <laughs> plate move. You know what else Jacob Lordy did? He picked up the iced coffee by the lid, which we all know is a crime. We all know you can only pull off if you are indeed a unit. Yes. (laughs) She's so I really enjoy me some Jacob Lordy. Yeah. So there you go. I love it. I won't be watching Saltburn though. I I think you. It's not my taste. Should we uh, what is the, you can watch it together from your homes. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. Zoom call it conference. Yeah. Call. But it's like, not like that. It's like you do it over the TV. Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> we should do that. Um, that reminds me of something. Okay. I read a lot of smut and some mm-hmm. of it is dark and horrible and things, body fluids. Truly you could handle it. I'm sure of it because, I probably could. because here's the thing. I watched another TikTok where someone was like, Seeing people freak out over Saltburn just makes me realize how vanilla our population is. <laughs> Truly. They're like, I know. Do you know the things I would do to Jacob Elordi? Absolutely. <laughs> I like, would I slurp his out of the drain? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Personally, that's Personally, no. it's a no for me. No baby but, batter smoothies for but me. do you know what I can do? Mm. I can turn away from that scene. Yeah. And I can say, this scene... Not for me. Not my fave. But I am interested in the rest. I know. It makes me be like, 
laughing at like how I don't think VidAngel is still a thing, but when it was, they're like, I'm waiting for Game of Thrones to come out on VidAngel. And I'm like, laugh. I'm like, you won't even understand what's going on. No. Because half of it happens like when it's either violent or smutty or totally people are naked. I watched like the first season. It was like there was like a very graphic scene going on while they were discussing heavy plot. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's like, um, yeah, it's in a a, in a whorehouse. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, and one of the first scenes is of <laughs> Peter Dinklage getting a blowy. Yeah. And there's noises and mm-hmm. faces and sounds being made. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've been going for 30 minutes. Okay. Well, uh, I didn't look up who was Oh, after all of that. But, oh, can we say one thing before we start? Uh-huh. You guys. Yeah. For our, our Patreon, we are doing all analysis at the end, too. Just... In case, but uh, we're going to be doing our murder chats and snacks mm-hmm. on January 27th. That's a Saturday. Yes. Taylor, what a- is murder chats M. and snacks? You may think, wow, what is that? <laughs> Sounds so much fun. How can I be a part of that? How can I be a part of a live chat with my favorite dare gals? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you join Patreon. Yep. Uh, $5 a month. What sixty five dollars a year is what we decided? Nah. Something about that, mm-hmm. you guys. Such a good deal to say. Gosh, I love this podcast so much. I, I want to hang out with I these gals five quarterly and hang out with them. And I want to hear an extra episode every month. Uh-huh. What was our episode last month? Glee, Glee, the cost of Glee. Yes, so good. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So we'll be discussing Glee. <clears throat> uh oh. I don't remember the rest. Uh, one about uh, deep fake porn. Oh, yeah. And then there was another one. I can't tell you. We do so many. I know. We do so much. And it, anyway. they're all so good. So, yeah. Well, hang out and you can talk to us and we can talk to you. It's just a Zoom call. Yeah. And it's fun. There will be m- some discussion of the of the podcast episodes, but a yeah. lot of discussion of just like Whatever. us all being silly together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of silliness. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Who's who's first? <clears throat> Let me tell you. It is you. Okay. So my story has some parallels to the disturbing stuff you just talked about from Saltburn. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. If you want to wait for the VidAngel (laughs) version of this episode, you're going to need to tune out. Yeah. Just kidding. That will never happen. No. Okay. So today I'm going to tell you about the Chicago Ripper crew. Ooh. Does that sound familiar to you? It might, once I get going. So what was the Ripper crew, you're asking? Well, first of all, in your mind's eye. Did they rip people's clothes off Mm. in a sexy manner? Not in a nice manner. Dang it. No. No. That's what I was hoping for. They didn't ask for any consent. No consent. There was some ripping involved. (sighs) Um, So we're going to Chicago in the 1980s. And all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Yep. And all that jazz. Yeah. Okay. Um, The Ripper Crew was a satanic cult. Oh. Which, (laughs) meh. Yeah. Meh. Okay. They were, they were organized crime gang of rapists, murderers, and cultists, and necrophiliacs. Oh. I don't really like that. I'm going to vote no. I, I vote no. I vote nay. All in favor? Cult. Nay. Hands down. This is my hand down. I, I didn't raise it. I actually pointed it. In the opposite direction. Went to hell to you where know, like these guys belong. like when you're trying belong. to turn left on a bike or something? Yeah, and you're like, 
down. Oh, yeah. I think it's this and then out. I don't know. <laughs> I just point with my hands. Yeah. Um. Okay. And I just don't like. So they ran rampant in mm-hmm. Chicago from 1981 to 1982. And they killed possibly 18 women. That's and not that long ago. No. And one man Ugh. during their reign of terror. So the main leader guy, his name was Robin Gecht. Uh, he was the leader of their little four-man crew. Gecht out of here. Yeah, Gecht the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they say that he would he makes Charles Manson look like a Boy Scout. Oh. And he may have also been the apprentice of John Wayne Gacy. Whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chicago. Am I right? Yeah. I am always so surprised. Never mind. I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It'll come back around, I promise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, so uh, Gecht, Robin, Yeah. he coerced his three followers named Edward Spritzer, brothers Andrew and Thomas Cocorellis. Uh, they assisted him with his plans for murder and mutilation. Wow, cool. So our story really starts here. When a call is made after uh, police responded to a call about a bad smell near a motel, and, like, off the side of a road. That's never great. Off Chicago. Yes. Initially, they believed, oh, it's probably a dead deer or, like, some wildlife that needs to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. That got hit by a vehicle or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, police find a woman named Linda Sutton's body was uh, in a field behind the hotel. Oh, no. Yep. And then I'm just like, what a what a tough job it would be to be an animal, like a dead animal remover. I think they have a name, but I can't think yeah. of it. The ones who like go around to like just scooping the dead deer, the bloated deer on the mm-hmm. trailer. There's a whole season of Dexter about that. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So they get there. Uh, obviously, it's not an animal. They discovered the dead body. It's of a black woman named Linda Sutton. She is found face down with her hands being cuffed behind her back with many obvious stab wounds. Oh, my gosh. And sadly, she is bloated and full of maggots. No. So she was severely decomposed at that point, and the handcuffs on her wrist and the gag that's in her mouth pointed to her being imprisoned before her murder. Yeah. Um, she still had on her sweater, but not her pants or underwear. Her and she, her underwear was actually pulled down around her ankle, like her knees. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and then in she still had her socks on, and in her socks she had a roll of seventeen dollars of cash in it. So it's like wasn't a robbery. No. Yeah. Uh, the coroner found out that she had been gang raped, stabbed, oh my and her breasts had been cut off. No. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. But why? We'll talk about it. Oh, no. um, and she had only been dead for three days, but the large wounds made it easier for decomposition to set in. Yes. Yeah. Um, police only managed to identify her through uh, dental records. Despite their efforts to identify her killer, her case went cold because they, they figured that she was likely a sex worker. And uh, she was. they figured that she was likely abducted outside of the baseball stadium. What's the Chicago baseball team? The Cubs? Yep. A baseball stadium. <laughs> um, that sounds right. Chicago Cubs. Yep. So her case was cold for a year. Okay. Um, and we find out what, what much later what was happening was because they didn't know they had a cereal on their hands yeah. yet. 
Uh, the Ripper crew would kidnap women from around Chicago, bring them back to uh, Robin Gecht's home, mm-hmm. where he had a makeshift uh, satanic temple in his attic. Uh, according to police reports, the room was lit only by candles and contained an altar draped with red cloth. Uh, the walls were painted with six red and black crosses. Oh. But you'd think they'd be upside down if they were satanic. I don't know. I'm not I don't dabble in Satanism. I no. wouldn't know. No. Yep, and the attic was the scene of the murders. So Robin would stand over the victims, and his three followers would read passages from the Satanic Bible. And while he read, his buddies would rape and torture the victim. Oh, my god! And after the body had been mutilated... Uh, gold star warning here. Oh. Gecht would cut the severed breast into pieces and hand them to his followers, and the Ripper crew would then eat the flesh as a satanic religious sacrament. No. Yes. That's not even the worst part. Oh, <clears throat> gosh. Okay. So then... Uh, a 35-year-old cocktail waitress was abducted from her car on February 2nd, 1982. Uh, the gauge in her car showed that her tank was empty, implying that she'd ran out of gas, and she possibly sought help, was seeking help when she was abducted. Her purse was still in the front seat, and her car was still in the ignition. Um, a search turned up her nude body on an embankment near the road. She had been raped and tortured and mutilated. Uh, the press was asked to not share the report that her breast had been amputated so that they could, like, keep it for interrogation purposes. Totally. Like, that's only something the killer would know. Mm-hmm. And none of these are um, thought out. They're just, like, chance happenings. You know how, like, a lot of serial killers have, like... Like, pick some, like, girls with yes. the same hair color. Or, yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there's a woman by herself. It's so great being a woman. It's so fun. <laughs> just being terrified at all times. Yeah. You just never know if, like, you have the wrong hair color or if someone just hates... All women in general. That's a, yeah, it's a yeah. problem. It really is. Um, okay, so a few days later, the body of a Hispanic woman wearing an engagement ring was discovered, and she had also been raped and strangled. While her breasts were not removed, uh, they had been badly bitten. Ew. Yep, her killer had also masturbated over her body, and um, psychi- psychiatric assess- assessments of this crime had... Get help. Pegged the attacker as a local man who probably loved animals and had a family, but also had a dark side uh, that no How one knew. How do they do that? Loves animals? Like, what tipped them off I to know. that? I'm like, I, I think, uh, like, criminal profiling is super interesting, but I'm like, Seriously. What? Like, explain that to me. Why do you think that? I know. Whatever. Yep, and that he was a psychopath. Okay. So then, May 15th, 1982, Lorraine Borowski disappeared outside of the realtor's office where she worked. Her co-workers arrived and they are immediately aware that something is wrong because Lorraine is like hella punctual. Mm-hmm. And she would never show up late because it's her job to unlock the building, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And plus a few of her belongings and her shoes were like just scattered in front of the building. That's super normal for Lorraine. Yeah, like Lorraine. She's always like kicking off her shoes and like dropping all of her shit. (laughs) Right before she walks into work. (laughs) So they knew that she had been like yoinked off the street. Totally. Um, So 
she was obviously not a sex worker or whatever. So mm-hmm. her family, along with the police, and they made like a huge effort to find her. They felt they followed tips. They were hanging flyers, but ultimately it was cold mm-hmm. and she'd vanished and her body would not be found until five months later in a cemetery oh in similar condition to the first victims. Wow. Yep. So over the course of four months, the gang abducted and killed several more women in the Chicago area. And so uh, days after killing Lorraine, uh, Shoy Mack was a woman who was abducted from Hanover Park and her body was not found for four months. Okay, so the slangs continue. A woman named Carol Pappas, she was a wife of a Chicago's Cubs player. She was abducted. Oh, the Cubs. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. We knew I it. I knew it. I know things. We're huge fans. Go sports. <laughs> go, go sports teams. Yes. All of them. Yeah, so she was abducted while she was shopping and she was never seen again. I think oh she, I don't think her body was ever found. But they're like, probably it was them. Eek. Okay, so two weeks later, they abducted a sex worker named Angel York and mutilated her while she was still alive before throwing her out of the van. They, like, didn't kill her. And, like, it didn't follow the pattern. I don't know. So she survived, and she did give a description of her attackers, but it, like, didn't amount to anything. That sucks. Yep, and so it went cold again. Mm. Like, poor girl. Like, how do you... Oh, that's so terrifying. Yeah, like, are they coming for me? Do they know me? Truly. I'm wondering why it didn't amount to anything. Like, did they, like, just not take it super seriously because of her profession? Or did they, like, tell the description they just couldn't find anyone that matched Yeah, well, it's hard because they're all, like, white men. Like, yeah. It's like, when I even look at them, I'm like, I don't know if I would be able to describe... Even when I'm doing, like, really mundane things, I don't remember oh, totally. details. Like, even if you told me to describe what Todd looked like, I might not be able to give a very good no. description, you know? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, months later, they abducted and strangled and stabbed a teenage prostitute, whoops, sex worker, mm-hmm. named Sandra Delaware, before dumping her body in the Chicago River, where John Wayne Gacy dumped his last final victims. No! Because he ran out of room in his, uh, his cross space. In his creepy-ass house. Yep. Then a month after that, they killed a woman named Rose Davis and dumped her body in an alleyway. And then, yeah, she they had all the same uh, injuries. You yeah. Know? Okay. So each of these women had been hacked with an axe. Oh Some of their faces were so badly beaten that it was very difficult to identify them. Uh, their left breast had all been removed. Mostly. Nope. Just the left one. No. Uh, all of this appeared to be... Uh, done before death. That's awful. Yeah. They said anti-mortem, so, so I had to Google it. It's so many people. Like, it's so many women. I know. Yeah. They went on, it was like a year of them just going around and doing this. Uh, yeah, so they were going around kidnapping women, brutalizing them, and killing them. And there there was like, nobody was on their tail. There was no whiffs. That's that This was even happening. And there's really not much known about these men, like, before they joined this gang of psychos. Yeah. Because, like, from what I could tell, Robin Gecht, the main guy, he was just, like, a happily married guy with kids. That's, like, Gross. all they, they know about him. They're, like, they're basically nobodies. Yeah. So. I did see that he was uh, accused of maybe molesting his stepsister. No. Which isn't great, but that's, like, the only thing on his, quote, record. Did he did he love animals? <laughs> I don't know. There's not much known. I would like to know. 
Okay. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so by December 1982, they had committed their final crime. Yes. Thank goodness. So they performed the same ritual seven times. I think I told you about all these different women. Uh, disposing of the mutilated body, and each time they just got away with it. Okay, so Beverly Washington was found by a railroad track on December 6th. And like every other victim, she had her left breast amputated. Um, but what separates her from the other victim is that she was alive. <gasps> she was still alive. No. Yeah. So not only I'm was like she so alive, happy about it, but I'm also like, why did you have to live through that? Right. Ew. It's honestly horrifying. Um, and she got a very good look at her attackers and she gave very good descriptions Thank goodness. And I was like, I can't even imagine. Like, being so stressed out and whatever, yeah. and you're, like, retaining. No. Like, mole, facial hair. Truly. No. That's so impressive. Yeah, I'm amazed by her. Okay, so uh, she was handcuffed, forced to swallow unknown pills, oh and um, and then her attacker used what she described as, because they didn't really know, like, they weren't sure how they were amputating the, the breasts because they're like it's not like a weapon that we can identify like we totally. don't like we don't know what's going on so she's like oh i will tell you she said she described it as piano wire they wrapped it around her breast and pulled tighter and tighter and that's when she passed out no yeah it's like i'm screaming forever her breast was basically squeezed off like so they just i hate that yeah piano wire have you ever like plucked the strings of a piano? They yeah. are sharp. Oh my gosh. They're like, Everything about that is uh, horrifying. Mother effing nightmare. Oh. <sighs> okay, so. Oh, these guys look like asshats. They really sure. do, right? Okay, so yeah, so she was able to describe them and she even described their van. She said it was a red older van and a similar van had been sighted during the woman who was taken from her real estate office. Mm -hmm. In her disappearance, there was a van mentioned. So uh, it helped police make an identification. Um, th there was a partition between the driver's seat and the back that was made out of plywood. So it's like very sketchy. Mm -hmm. Obviously a murder van because that is not standard issue, sir. It sure isn't. The van company doesn't even do that. No. They don't even offer it because they're like, mm, that's really creepy. We can't stand by it. Nope. Okay, so 10 days after uh, one of the bodies was found, they spot a van sitting, fitting uh, the description that the survivor, Washington was her last name. Mm -hmm. uh, so they pulled it over and police met the driver who was Edward Spritzer, which is one of the merry band of idiots. Yep. He was super nervous and jumpy and... Uh, he informed police that he did not own the van, but his boss did, Robin Gecht. And so... Just giving it all up. Uh, I know. All of these guys, like, they crumple. Mm -hmm. Interesting enough, Gecht, oh yeah, like I said, he worked as a subcontractor for John Wayne Gacy. And there is no evidence to suggest that the two worked with each other on either of their crimes. But uh, what are the chances of two psycho killers knowing like, each other? No, that's insane. Right? That's so insane. I know. Maybe he was like, because John Wayne Gacy, I don't know when he was arrested. I'm assuming it was before then. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So police followed up on Gecht and what they found that he fit Washington's description perfectly. Uh, and so did the van. That was enough to bring him in for questioning. So while under interrogation, he maintained his innocence Although there was a positive ID, uh, police were unable to hold him 
because they did not have like hard evidence, Mm -hmm. just that she identified him. Okay, so they were unable to keep him, so they decided to bring in Spritzer for questioning, and it didn't take very long for him to, unable to maintain any kind of cool. He confessed to the horrific nature of their crimes, and they said, Eddie, you snitch. We love to see it. We love a snitch. We love you for it. According to him, him and Gecht would pick up the women and stab them, and Gecht would remove their breasts and have sex with the wound. No! Yes, Taylor. That is the worst part of the story. They would rape the wound. No. Why? No. Stop it. Yep, he continued to admit that later the breast was used in satanic rituals where they would collect the breasts in a little box and Gecht would masturbate into it, cup up and feed his crew as part of a ritual. So he'd be like, here's your sperm and breast sacrament. You're welcome. What is wrong with people? Right? This is the worst. It's a real big gloomer. Oh my gosh. Uh, sorry if you're eating right now, because I was eating while I was doing the story, and I was like, I'm done now. Well, I was eating during poor things, and it was a little rough, too. So, <laughs> Yes. Okay, so um, Spritzer, the nervous guy, he confesses to the murder of seven women, including the one that was taken from the real estate office. Oh, my gosh. Um, he also introduces another member of the Rippert crew, Andrew Cocorellis, one of the brothers, And then he is picked up and then he implicates himself in the murders as well, including the murders of uh, the women, whatever. Yeah. And then it also comes out that his brother Thomas was involved. So that's all four of them now. Gross. Yep. So the police had now four suspects, three of whom confessed to abducting and torturing and raping the women, removing their breasts, having sex with the wound. And they were like, the the breast thing was not common knowledge. So... They're yeah. like, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Totally. Um, okay. Uh, yep, and they were all chopped with the axes. Yep, in the attic. Whatever. Okay, so Thomas, the other brother, confessed to the murder of Lorraine, the real estate girl. Okay. And he's eligible for parole. I think, hang on. According to this article, I'll just read it, and then I have an update for you later. He's eligible for parole this year. His brother Andrew was charged with multiple murders, including the women, uh, and he was executed in 1999. And Andrew Corellas... Wait, which one was that? Oh, yeah, so Andrew was uh, put down in 1999... And then the other brother was sentenced to death by lethal injection, a sentence that, oh, sorry, I'm repeating myself. Yep, so the one brother was put to death. Mm -hmm. And then the other brother wasn't only because uh, George H. Ryan commuted all death sentences. Wow. In Illinois. So the brother was the last person to be killed in Illinois. So, I mean, hashtag history maker, am I right? That's crazy. So then Spritzer pled guilty to four murders and one attempted murder, and he was sentenced to death for um, Linda Spritzer, but his was commuted to life, and he is currently in prison without parole. Okay. Okay, so yeah, the one brother was up for parole in 2017, and he was actually, like, up for parole, but he was staying in prison till he could find housing. Oh, wow. And then I said, update 
unsolved mystery style. Yeah. Don't you remember those? You're like, yes. <gasps> on March 29th, 2019, Thomas Cocorellas was released from prison on parole. No! So yeah, he's just in among us around. No, thanks. Where? I don't know. Where is he? I mean, he was released from Illinois, so he could still be there. We need like a Where's Waldo of serial killers. Yes. The ones that get That'd out. Be a wild book. Oh, we should write that. Yeah. Add it to our list. You're like, after we finish the where D.A.R.E. Is program. this released criminal in this group of uh, <laughs> hooligans? Yes. Okay. So Gecht, the ringleader, was never charged with murder, only attempted murder, but there wasn't even enough evidence oh to convict him. That's So nuts. he's in jail, but he will be up for parole in 2042. That's horrifying yeah so he will be 89 and he continues to maintain his innocence to this day oh and but nobody knows exactly how many women were murdered by the ripper crew because they didn't find all the bodies the worst isn't it (sighs) um okay there's more uh a horrible interview i found about gecht shined some light on his boob obsession okay yeah so, uh, after reading about these, the crimes of the Chicago Rippers, this is, I don't know who's interviewing him, but he's getting interviewed. He says, I had to ask Robin Gecht, the gang's leader, why he was so obsessed with women's breasts. Truly. In almost every murder, he was, you know, taking one of the breasts. And then Gecht says, well, to answer your question on obsession with the breast, uh, it is a thing with my entire family that goes back, as I'm told, to the great-grandfather. Like, everyone in my family loves a good we're, boob. We're tit guys. Seriously. That's what we are. Um, okay. Wow. Hang on. What a cute trait for your family to yeah, share. Yeah, he says, each of us men have married large-breasted women. My ex-wife is a 39D, and yes, she was very satisfying to me. I'm like, sir, I think you're misunderstanding the question. Truly. Most men like boobs. But they don't want to cut them off and keep them or eat them or jerk off on them. Sir. Yeah. Answer the questions. Gross. So And he says, then again, he says later, as to answer your question about having sex with the breasts, I have no real obsession with breast in that form. Only a very sick person would even think that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yikes. You're like, well, uh, everyone else is saying you're yeah. in. Well, and then Edward Spritzer, his accomplice that got them all caught, uh, he says that he got so, Gecht got so upset with his own wife that he cut off one of her nipples. <gasps> but that's this is the only We've time. We've not I've, heard from yeah, the wife at no, all. No. Wow. Yeah, so Gecht is still claiming that he's innocent. He says the first mistake he's is like, considering. I'm innocent. I don't even know what a boob is. I've never even seen a boob other than my wife's giant titties. <sighs> okay, so he claims he's innocent of the murders, and any murder for that matter. And he didn't even know the other members and most of the victims. He's like, I've never even most. Seen- <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I know some of them, but he's most like, of them I-, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I've never even seen those other three guys before. I don't know what you're talking about. He says, your first mistake is considering me a serial killer. I'm not considered one. I have never killed or took part in any such acts that I've been charged with. As I'm like, he's just like Charlie Manson. Truly. Like, it's now I get why people compare the two. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so, yeah, he wasn't charged with the murder. They couldn't charge him with any murders. And he says, I don't only face injustices, but the nightmares that follows. You have no idea the pain and hurt that I feel every single day. I sit here and lose hope. I'm not an angel, but I never would intentionally hurt anyone unless it was to protect myself or my family. I could never live with killing or knowing I was responsible for taking a life. So it's obviously bullshit, but his family, especially his wife, are 100% behind him and believe in his innocence. The wife's like, my nipple is missing, but he would never do anything more than (laughs) that. I don't know where it went. He had nothing to do with it. I think this is a different wife. I think he had more than one. Oh, gosh. And they said that they look forward to when he is eligible for parole. Wow. That's terrifying. Just wow. Just so, wow. That is the story of the Chicago Rippers. Wah, wah. I hope you're not uh, going to be horrified forever. Um, I am. Absolutely. Just, just for now. I better cover all my wounds. You had better. You never know what could happen to them. <laughs> Ew. Gross. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you Hold for on sharing to your that. Breast. Yeah, my sources were in all this interesting article, The Satanic and Cannibalistic Rituals of the Chicago Ripper Crew by Katie Serena, uh, CriminalMindsWikiFandom.com, a Sword and Scale uh, article, The Ripper Crew Carnage, and Murderpedia. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. Starting off the year strong. Yeah, you really brought the heat mm-hmm. with the first story of the year. Yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm here for. You know, yeah, it is a new year. So I decided, you know what? I've created a list over the years that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't always get to the ones that I write down. Right. But it's always good to refer to. So I decided to go back through my list to see what topics I have not covered. Yes. Um, and this is one I've been wanting to do since almost the beginning. So because first off, I'm a child of the 90s. Yes. And there's a movie about this that was very important to me. <gasps> I'm so excited. And maybe you've heard the story, or maybe you haven't. Uh, I feel like I've heard it on some podcasts, but I don't pay attention enough to remember sometimes. Who among us, right? Who? Truly. Um, so I'm going to be telling you the story of the Romanovs. <gasps> oh my gosh! Anastasia? Uh, if you don't... If you've not watched... The 90s. Is it from the 90s? Anastasia? Uh, yeah. Who are you? Are back, you okay? I heard back to December oh. recently, and I was like, this is from Anastasia, and Far nobody knew. Away, yes. Long ago. Oh. And at the beginning, that was another so song I loved. much. Back to the beginning. Bartok? The little oh, bat? So good. So... I will be telling you this story. It's gloomy, but not quite as gloomy as yours. I mean, is anything? No. <laughs> I don't think ever. Maybe Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the Rippers are actually an anti-recommendation. Yeah. The, uh, no, that might be more. More than Tusk. <laughs> because it's real. Yeah. And, Tusk um, is not real, but very horrifying. Sac- sacrament with uh, semen-covered breast. Yeah. Not chicken breast. Now I don't think I can ever even eat a chicken breast again. Oh. Is that the whole time I was imagining them just like consuming a raw chicken breast? That's like, the, I'm like, I literally can't even wrap my brain around like a severed A real boob. human woman oh. breast. Wow. Google what a piano wire looks like. Just do I, it. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. I was telling them, not you. I know you. Look at it, guys. Have <laughs> you not been around a piano? <laughs> okay. So... The Romanov dynasty 
ruled Russia. And they were originally founded by, there's a lot of Russian names. I'm not going to be able to pronounce them perfectly, but I'm going to try my damnedest, okay? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Mikhail Fidroch mm-hmm. Romanov. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, the Romanov family reigned over Russia, the Russian Empire, for over three centuries. That's longer than America has existed. Whoa! What? That's a lot. Right? We're not yeah. that old, right? We're not 300, 300 years. 300 years is a really long time. That's a long ass time. Yeah, 1776. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that when we became America? All I can think think of is when Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. What is that? 1642 or something? Mm, I don't know. I just am thinking of Hamilton and like 1776, New York City. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yep. (laughs) So the Romanovs are older than America. Yeah. Um, And... So, yeah, really long time. So Alexander III, when he was in the Tsar, Tsar position, that's the ruler. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So cool. Like, Much cooler than a king. Yeah, a king. Yeah. We want a Tsar. We want a Tsar. We want no emperor. <laughs> no. Not a, uh, I can't think of anything else. I don't either. Not any of those. No. Just a Tsar. President? Not a Fuhrer like Hitler. Oh, Definitely not that. Definitely not that. Okay. So he was in the rulership position. He was the Tsar. And he had a son named Nicholas II. Okay. Okay. And he didn't really teach his son very much about ruling the empire at all, to be honest. Mistakes. Uh, But what he did teach him was to be a fierce and feared leader, pretty much. They said rule with an iron fist. (laughs) uh-huh yeah uh so unfortunately for alexander his son nicholas was really not interested in ruling it was not his passion and you know he was more of a harry the spare kind of guy oh no you know he he didn't want the attention he's like doesn't want the responsibility i don't want the attention but i will do several interviews absolutely and i will write a book yep and they're like nicholas enough yeah he just didn't care he was not a carer he just wasn't a carer. No. Not a grower or a shore or a carer. <laughs> or a carer. And honestly, when you don't care about something, like ruling a nation, a whole ass nation. It's uh, it's kind of an important part of the job. <sighs> yeah, you probably don't care about a lot of the decisions you're making, you know? It's kind of a problem. Because see, me and Todd were talking about this with mm-hmm. like lines of succession. We're like, I can't believe people honored them. No, totally. Because like when the king dies and like the, the queen is a baby, you mm-hmm. know, that they were just like, we'll wait for her to be of age instead of like... Because we've been watching Game of Thrones. I'm like, totally. yeah, no, you you think you could be a better king than a baby? Yeah. Or put that baby's brain in the king's body. That's the right that's decision. <laughs> that's what they should have done. <laughs> but here's the thing. is like when your whole family has ruled for 300 years and your dad passes away, what do you do? You're just like, nah. Right? Like... There's not, like, another plan in place. I mean, I guess nowadays, I don't know how, how new it is, but, like, abdicating was a thing. He yeah. He should have just abdicated. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit, too. Okay. So, um, yeah, you just don't care about the decisions you're making. And that led to a bunch of poor decisions being made in this situation. So, over 300 years of rule, obviously people had grown a little annoyed with the family. Yeah. I mean, that's just what happens. Yes. I mean, even... 
we have a fairly quick turnover here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Four to eight years max. Yep. And even still, people are like, I'm fed up with this shit. Oh, you gosh. know, no. It doesn't even matter whose side you're on. Like, everyone gets annoyed. Okay. Yep. And so, um, that's why we keep it fresh here. And, and it's going really well. It's going <laughs> better than we could have ever hoped. Yeah, we've definitely got it figured out. And we're not you, on verge of collapse. If you're living outside of the country, we're doing great. <laughs> we don't want to be saved at all. Please help us. Someone please. help us. Please, someone help us. Okay. Um, but it it really should give us the opportunity to switch things up every four years if it fancies us. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the people in Russia were not happy with the family. And not only were they annoyed that they, like, with the way things had been going for 300 years, or who knows, maybe they were fine for a while, but, like, enough, they're like, enough is enough. But they were really annoyed because the Romanovs had gotten really involved with a guy who was pretty sketch. You mm. may have heard of him. His name is Grigory Rasputin. Oh, yes, Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Couldn't tell you a thing about him, but I know that name. Well, if you don't know him from his historical story, you might know him from a completely inaccurate tale from the 90s movie <laughs> where his jaw is literally falling off of his face. <laughs> and he's friends with a creepy white bat. I love it. <laughs> that's that's fact. I love it. They Everyone knew he had a creepy mm-hmm. white bat friend. What, is it, what does the bat say? He's like, uh, isn't his name Bartok? I don't know. But I love him. I don't remember what he says. He says all these cute things. He has a song. I remember his song. Yeah. Don't remember right now, but I could sing it if it came on. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. We were just talking about that. So maybe, if you don't know that, maybe you know it from him, anything about him from the uh, Just Dance song. Rah, rah, Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. No. You, what? Get out. Stop it. I think I've... Bad Romance? No! Wait, what song is that? Just Dance? Just Dance. I mean, that song sounds familiar. Hold on. I've, you guys, I'm sorry. We're going to have to pause for a second so I can... Not not literally. Oh. But uh, to educate uh, Christine on the Rasputin Just <laughs> Dance dance. This one. Oh! Doing the Russian, like, squat down kick up thing. Yeah. You never did Just Dance? Guess not. This is like a whole thing. I grew up in a small town. We were still on Nintendo 64. Oh. Okay. Even my kids can do this dance. <laughs> well, I love that. It's amazing. Okay. Like anyway. where do, where am I? Different planet. But they Don't do know. they do speak about him in that song, so. Okay. I can consider me educated. <sighs> yeah. So, well, he was known as a mystic and a mad monk. Wow. Okay. Life goals. Yeah, he was born in uh, January 21st, 1869, in the Siberian village of Pokrovsky. Mm, sounds mm-hmm. lovely. Yeah. And he came from very hus- humble beginnings as a peasant. And in 1897, a transformative religious experience during a pilgrimage led to his identification as a mystic and despite lacking any official position in the Orthodox Church, his journey to St. Petersburg in 1903 marked the beginning of his ascent into the Russian society. And he began to captivate religious and social leaders gaining prominence. 
fancy. He was so fancy. Uh, have you ever seen a picture of him? Um, uh, isn't he like quite hairy? Oh, you should give him a look. Um, look him up right now. Okay. Uh, and it's honestly a little surprising to me that he gained such prominence amongst both religious and social leaders because, um, Rasputin looks creepy as shit. Oh, yeah. Not as creepy as, um, our animated pal, but <laughs> he is giving off Charlie Manson vibes. He really is. And, and he's balding, not your typical Mare Patrick baldness. In the part. <laughs> <laughs> His part is just like, um, it's more of a, like a crack. Like yeah. a crevice. Yeah. And I only make fun of it because he's... He sucks. Well, he's just creepy yeah. in general. Like, look at the... Like, some of them, his eyes just like, that one over there. Yeah. 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 Ew. Yeah, he's not it. Honestly, he's not really a bad guy in general. Oh, he's, is he not? No. I thought he was a bad guy because he was in the movie. He was in the movie. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> why it's like not accurate at all. Yeah, but he does have quite a wide but he, hair crack. But he... Oh. That's what Millie <laughs> used to... My girls used to call it that. When I had really blonde hair, yeah. they'd be like, Mom, why do you have black hair in your hair crack? You're like, mm. Mm. Just mm, do. Just I just do. do. Uh, so, yeah, that's him. Yeah, it's a crevasse. Yeah. He's quite hairy, though. But I was going to say, I think it's funny because you mentioned Charlie Manson. Yeah. And then I feel like this happens a lot. Yeah. We're anyway. foreshadowing each other. And you talked about slurping sperm. And then I talked about sperm. Eating sperm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> We're almost on the same wavelength. <laughs> Ovulating. So cute. Okay. So by November 20th, 1905, he got the attention of Nicholas and his wife, Alexandria. Nice. Alexandra, I think. Mm. Anyway, they had five children. Olga, Tatiana, Maria, Anastasia. Mm. Anastasia. Anastasia. And Alexi. I'm a... Only one boy? Yeah. Wow. So four girls and one boy. And... He wanted to gain their attention. Uh, and his mis... I don't know. He went to gain their attention and his mystique deepened as he began as uh, serving as a faith healer for their son, Alexei, who suffered from an inherited bleeding disorder where the blood does not clot properly called hemophilia. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Uh, there's also like a rumor. That's why like that song says like lover of the Russian queen mm. that they had an affair, but it's just well, a like, rumor. Isn't Rasputin, wasn't he like banging everybody? Like he was like a big ladies man. That's what they say. Yeah. But anyway, so his role in doing like in doing his healing of their child elevated him to a pretty divisive figure in Russia, uh, in the imperial court. So some people could see him as like a spiritual genius and others would just think of him as a fraud Mm -hmm. in religious clothing. And his influence peaked in 1915 when Nicholas the second. 1915? Yeah. Wow. It's not even that long ago. No. When Nicholas II went to St. Petersburg to oversee the Imperial Russian arm- Army during World War I. Hmm. Yeah. So in his absence, Rasputin and Alexandra consolidated power across the Russian Empire. And then things go downhill from here. Okay? So the war isn't going well for Russia. And so the people blame Rasputin and Alexandra for it. Mm-hmm. 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 
And so on the fateful morning of December 30th, 1916, a bunch of angry Russian nobles decide that they've had, they're like, enough is enough. Is this why it's called Once Upon a December? Yeah. Because it was in December? I don't know. Uh, but they decided that they would assassinate Rasputin. Should I sing the song while you do this part? Please do. Someone hold me safe and warm. Dance through a silver storm. Okay. Think of that little music box going. Yes. I wanted that music box. Oh, I wanted it to be everything Anastasia. Her cool oh. oversized jacket. Yeah. Her like hat. One step at a time. Yes. One. Yeah. (laughs) I need to show my kids this movie. I love it. So, um, even though it's historically inaccurate. Yeah. So they decided that they would assassinate Rasputin, thinking that it would fix everything. And spoiler alert, it did not. Oh, but they did assassinate him. They did. Ah. Yeah. And it's also rumored that supposedly and eerily, Rasputin predicted that the Romanovs would, uh, be gruesomely assassinated before he died. Like he, that was like a prediction he made before he passed away. Yeah, he was not wrong. He was not wrong. So, and a lot of historians believe that Rasputin's sketchy reputation played a part in discrediting the government and contributing to the eventual downfall of the Russian monarchy. Shit. Fair enough. So back to the Romanov family. Okay. Okay. So by early 1917, the Russian Revolution began. And I just tend to think that a lot of interesting stories uh, come, I mean, true or not, come out of revolutions. I mean, we've got Les Mis, Mis, French Revolution, Hamilton, American American Revolution, Revolution. Anastasia, Russian Russian Revolution. Revolution. (laughs) I love it. I love a revolution. I love it. It just brings forth the best. So much violence. Underdog stories. And great musicals. Truly. (laughs) Anastasia's up there with those two musicals. Everyone says so. Everyone says. (laughs) The top three revolution musicals. Anastasia. (laughs) Hamilton. Les Mis. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the Russian Revolution is going full force and everyone is against the imperial family. Your average Joe Schmo hates hates it. Uh, the military hates them. Okay. Wow, that's tough. I know. When your own military hates you. I know. And it gets so bad that Nicholas II is basically forced to step down from the throne. So he abdicates. Oh. Mm-hmm. And this was the guy who was sucked at it always. Yeah, he was like, I don't even want to be here. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you guys are giving me such shit. I didn't even want this job to begin with. <laughs> I know. He's like, I know I'm not good at it. He's <laughs> like, but you didn't even teach me anything, okay? Mm. Yeah. So I'm sure he's thinking like, yeah, good hell. I didn't even want this position. Just freaking take it. But again, like I said, when you're in a royal family, like what yes. else are you supposed to do? Yeah. And it sucks because it's like 300 years of this and you blew it. Totally. Nicholas. So he steps down and... It doesn't help anything. So they're like, oh, I guess they weren't the whole problem. Right? Uh, But people are still up in arms. And so there are efforts that are made to set up this kind of like temporary government to replace the Romanov family. But even that didn't create much of a difference. I think when like people are just mad, we've seen, unfortunately, we've seen this just in our own country Many times, but very recently as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people are mad, they're just mad. They're going to stay mad. I feel like almost anything you do doesn't matter. No. They just exactly. are riled up at that Well, then point. if half of them get their way and then the other half are still going to be pissed and rioting. and Totally. Uh, yeah. So it's just really hard to bring people down, you know? 
And at this point, a political party called Bolsheviks uh, became super popular in Russia. And after the, so in February during the revolution, this is when they become really popular. And they're a far left political group of the Marxist Russian Social Democratic Labor Party. Okay. And this party was led by a man named Vladimir Lenin. And he was a communist revolutionary who was inspired by German philosophers Karl Marx and Frederick Inglés. And he came into position feeling super hopeful that he could make some, like, really big changes for Russia. Hell yeah. Yeah. And obviously this party was not the only one fighting for power, because there's always, like, a million parties that are like, we know best. Uh, but basically, Vladimir had a promise of peace, land, and bread. And bread? Was, mm -hmm. I'm in. <laughs> you say bread. If you're providing bread, I'm in. I'm in, right? Especially what if kind you of have bread? some, like, oil and vinegar I can oh. dip it in. It was all Cheesecake Factory bread. What? Yeah. All the white kind, my favorite? All the white kind, our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but also all the brown kind for the people that like that one, too. Oh, my gosh. So it's like choose your own adventure mm -hmm. bread. Yeah. Um, and it was appealing to a lot of ordinary people who felt like the war had just, like, beat them down into poverty and famine. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like, bread sounds quite nice. I, actually, I would like peace and bread. I think we can all bond over bread. <sighs> That's what America Peace needs. Peace and bread? That they'll be like, I have a gluten allergy, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you run with that tagline for your uh, Miss Sam Pete County? Bread for all. What do you, what are your goals for the county? Peace and bread. Peace and bread. They'll be like, give this girl the crown. <laughs> you wouldn't want to miss America with that. <laughs> I think I still could. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. America. Yeah. I could win it. Let's Just start your run today. I, I literally have bad dreams that I'm in a pageant I'm not prepared for. So it's no thank you. Ugh. They're like, Christine, no. go on stage. You're doing your talent. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know how we were talking last week about casually dead inside? Mm. So like, I like don't love to share my feelings about stuff. And I literally had a dream the other night that I was like in this like thing where like a bunch of people went into a room for therapy uh -huh. and they're like, oh, like everyone kind of like tell us why you're here and then like we'll pair you with a therapist. Why is this my dream? I don't know. <laughs> but the, then I talked and they're like, we can't help you. <gasps> and I was like, oh, so then I was like mad and I was like, I'm going to talk to the supervisor. So then I go <laughs> to talk to the supervisor. This is super off track. Uh, and I start crying but i hate emotions so i'm trying to hold it back and she's like go ahead try and pretend to cry <laughs> and uh, i was like this is what is wrong with me i was like i think that if i share emotions that people are like faker <laughs> this is my nightmare <laughs> and it's like at therapy and they're like yes. you faker they're like you're stupid and no one can help you you fake crier <laughs> Oh, man, it's a sign that we both what? should go to therapy. What the hell is that dream? I don't know. They're like, your feelings aren't valid. I know. I like what goes like, never go to therapy is what that taught me. <laughs> never share your vulnerabilities ever. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyway. Okay. The people are just tired of poverty and famine, and they want bread and peas. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and by October 1917... They had taken power, like the new party, mm -hmm. the Bolsheviks or whatever, right? Uh, in the in the country, and most people were very supportive of them. 
uh, of the new government. But obviously you can't please everybody, right? No. Nope. And so there were some people who were not happy and they were like, hashtag, not my government. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever and they basically refused to acknowledge it and so this led to even more unrest and then eventually a civil war mm. not great mm. i'm afraid of some foreshadowing <sighs> yeah. with our own country <laughs> uh. <laughs> taylor tell us well so with all this going down what is happening with the romanov family you might ask yeah uh, well, they, I, I mean, Nick, Nicholas, mm-hmm. Alexandra, and all of his children, they were taken prisoner by the Bolsheviks. Bolsheviks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and in late 1917, they were placed on uh, this time's version of house arrest, uh. basically, uh, by the party. But this is not where they stayed in fact, they actually moved quite a bit because the party moved them from place to place because the family was, like, hoping that some of their supporters would come to rescue them. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the party didn't want people to find them, obviously. Mm-hmm. And before the Bolsheviks had fully taken over the country, the, the like, temporary government that they had uh, tried to, like, before, like, when they had the temporary government, they tried to send the Romanovs to England, to safety because King George the fifth was Nicholas the second's first cousin. Oh, Mm -hmm. but it didn't end up working out because unfortunately King George the fifth was having some major problems in his own country with political unrest. And so he didn't want to bring in anyone who could like further the people to be frustrated. Sorry, pal. I also am bad at my job. I can't help you. It's like, (laughs) I have my own shit. Okay. Uh, but the Romanov family uh, was trying to remain hopeful that eventually they would be rescued from their captivity from this political party. And But over time, a lot of their contact became more and more restricted because a lot of their servants got dismissed and they didn't have a lot of their niceties that they were used to. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get coffee anymore or butter. For their bread? For their bread. Did they at least get bread? No. The Bolsheviks were like, we promise this for everyone but the Romanovs. <laughs> burn. That's or a sick burn. They're like, but if you do, you get the crusty bread with no butter. Oh, yeah. like the really hard part of the sourdough that you like. Yeah, can't like even the kind chew. that like um, Peta tossed out to Katniss in the rain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's like the, bread the they burnt got. bad bread. The burnt bad bread that's been rained on and tossed in mud. And but she's like, thank you so much. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I actually literally starving so <laughs> yeah. it's a tough time to be a romanoff sure is uh, and then the places that they were being held were not the kind of places that they come accustomed to right they're obviously. literally royalty yeah so all this party was probably although the party was the most popular party in the country there because of all the unrest going on uh not everyone was happy with them. And this made them increasingly more nervous that the anti-Bolshevik forces that were in the country were, like, going to come after them or something. Mm-hmm. And some of these people even wanted to free the Romanov family from imprisonment and were very good at figuring out where they were being held. Oh. hmm Little Sherlock Holmes. I know. But the Bolshevik, under no circumstances, wanted the Romanovs back in power. So at this point, they moved them again into a mansion that was called 
Ipativ House. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the Bolsheviks were calling it the House of Special Purpose. Hmm. And this ended up being the very last house the Romanovs were ever in. Uh. A group of this party, like military or whatever, led by a man named Yakov Yurovsky, began to methodically plan out the execution of the Romanov family. Uh. Yeah. And then in July, July 20th, 1918, they decided that it was time, like the time had come. This plan did not really go as according to plan, unfortunately. So, in fact, it was an excruciating ordeal that lasted from the night of July 16th to the morning of July 17th. Oh, my hell. Mm -hmm. I'm so scared. Yeah. Do we know how old the kids were? Were they still like... The youngest was 10. That's all I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, on the evening of July 16th, they woke up the whole family up and told them that they were going to move the like, hey, we're going to move you guys again to another house. Standard for these guys. Yeah. They're used to this. Nothing surprising or alarming at this point. But before they left the house, the captains ordered them to take a photograph in the basement of the house. And they told them the reason that they were doing this was that they wanted to prove to people that were like spreading the rumors around that they had escaped. Uh-huh. Uh, that, nope, we're still holding these guys captive. Mm. They wanted to like end those rumors. So even in the picture, like even the picture kind of made sense to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is Nicholas, this the picture? Like, I don't think that's the picture because that looks like a really formal picture, and there were right. servants in the picture too. Okay. I need to find that though. Okay. Um. But so Nicholas, his wife, their five children, and the last of their remaining servants all line up in the basement to take this photo, and at the very last moment. They get told that they're being executed. So <gasps> they were told. Yeah. So without warning, uh, Yakov Yurovsky and his armed men stormed in, informing them of the execution. Nicholas immediately is like, "What? What?" Like they said, he like screamed that, and then all of a sudden, gunfire begins, <gasps> and the Bolsheviks begin shooting the entire family and their servants. So first, they shot at Nicholas, who immediately fell dead from the gunshots. Uh. And then the dark room was filled with smoke and dust because of the spray of bullets. There was, like, limited visibility. So the gunmen were shooting blindly. Oh, hell. And were often hitting the ceiling and walls, creating more dust and debris. And because of this, a lot of the gunmen themselves got injured. Oh, my hell. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Alexandra was shot in the head by a military commissioner, uh, Peter Ermakov, and was killed. Wait, who is that? The wife. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But again, like I said, this did not go according to plan. And it's not like they killed everyone on the spot and they were done. Unfortunately, not all the victims died immediately. So when the smoke finally cleared out of the room, the shooters re-entered to find the remaining Imperial family still alive and uninjured. And Maria attempted to escape through the doors at the rear of the room leading to the storage area, but the doors were nailed shut. And the noise from her rattling the doors attracted attention of Peter Ermakov. And she was shot. Oh, my hell. What a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And some of the family were shot in the head, but several others would not die, either from multiple close-range bullets or uh, bayonet stabs. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So, wait, do they know which ones were alive? Yeah. Okay. So, the gunman then proceeded to shoot each family member once again. And even so, two of the daughters were still alive 10 oh minutes gosh. later. 
So the armed men had to resort to using the butts of their guns oh my and brute force to finish killing off the children. Why could they not just shoot them? Like, what is, like, how shitty of soldiers are they? It's so bad. Like, I hate it. They, like, they prolonged this killing so bad. Can you imagine, like, 15 minutes into this, your whole family's been killed and you're still being beaten to death? No. Anyway, it took about 20 minutes for them all to die. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the reason why it was super difficult for the last two daughters to die was because they discovered later, because I don't think they were able to get clear shots of their head or anything, but um, because they discovered later that bullets and bayonet stabs had been partially blocked by diamonds that had been sewn into the children's clothing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like trying to keep their valuables. Yeah. Whoa. And so all of those like diamonds were protecting them from all the violence. I'm shook. I'm pretty right? sure. I'm pretty sure this is the photo. Yes, I think so. I actually think too, I meant to look this up before I came, but um, I believe there's like a little portion of like this killing in American Horror Story at some point. Really? Yes. And it's so terrifying. Oh no. Yeah. So after the execution of the family, there were several attempts uh, made to dispose of the bodies. And a couple of the things I read were like a little conflicting. Because like it said that they were first thrown down a mine shaft. And it sounds like maybe someone caught wind that they were there. So the what? They climbed down the mine shaft and bring them back up? Yeah. So they it caused them to change the location. And instead of burial, because like it's really hard to dig a freaking large hole for like all these people. Five, uh, seven people. Yeah. Um, they decided to... I don't know. Some people said that this, I don't know. One article did not say this happened, but it said that they decided to burn two of the corpses of the four royal, Just two. Former royal family. Yeah. But it was taking too much time. So they resorted to, uh, disfiguring the two that they had tried to burn with acid. And then they were like, well, this is easy enough. So they threw nine additional bodies into a mine and covered them with acid as well. Good hell. And because it was too hard to dig a grave that was deep enough to hide all the bodies, they finally found a new grave site and decided to confuse anyone who happened upon the remains that they would bury two of the children separately from the other family. Mm. And they burned their corpses and smashed their bones. Ah! Mm-hmm. And after, so after all this execution and stuff, they openly admitted to uh, Sar Nicholas's execution. And they painted him as the demon in the face of oppression. But they did conceal, like, that the fate of the wife and children. They did not tell them about that. They're like, oh, we killed Nicholas, but... And they lied to the people saying that they were safe in a secret location. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's like my revisionist history when I was like, take it back. And you're like, okay, that okay. didn't happen. Sounds good, right? <laughs> and some of the citizens were like, yeah. Sounds about right. Like, they're just totally being taken care of some other place and other people yeah, were innocent like, women and children. Mm, I don't believe that. And then soon enough, the Romanov friends and family and supporters started to disappear in the following months because the Bolsheviks were unleashing a murderous rampage for months no. on these people. Oh. Yeah. And as the Soviet Union solidified its grip, uh, lingering Romanov sympathies had to be kept kept hidden for survival. Yeah. Yeah. So rumors of Nicholas' loved ones 
mysterious disappearance so like the wife and kids can like there were rumors going around and they continued and the truth remained hidden until the fall of the communist regime in 1991 <gasps> is that why the movie the movie yeah was made? yeah yeah and only i was like only a year after i was born <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> that me? is wild yeah it was just like a mystery yeah so then in a revelation the remains of most of the Romanov family were unearthed. Whoa, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And officially identified using DNA samples. And it turns out that Yakov Yurovsky's son, so like the general who killed everybody, mm-hmm. his son and geologist Alexander Adovin had uncovered the remains in the 1970s. What? But the political climate at the time in Russia made a formal investigation impossible because it sounds mm. like from what I gathered, that there were, like, some tensions between Russia and Afghanistan in the 70s because the Soviet stance on human rights issues. Wow. I know. So, so what, they buried him back up and were like, we'll sounds see like you again in 20 years? Yeah. And maybe maybe they were, like, the ones that said, like, oh, things are better now. Like, let's uncover it. I don't know. Yeah. But the missing remains of Mariah and Alexei, um, like, oh, so they, they were buried separate. Oh, so they're the two children yeah. that were buried separate. Uh, rumors of a miraculous escape were going around. Mm-hmm. That hence the Anastasia movie. Yeah. Until an amateur historian named Sergei Plotin- Plotnikov covered their bone, uh, recovered their bone fragments in 2007. Mm. And that's when the truth came out that they met the same brutal fate as their family. Ah. Yeah. And then through DNA tests, uh, the painful reality of their death became undeniable, and the dark secret surrounding the Romanov execution started to unravel. And then thanks to historians like Helen Rappaport, she wrote many books on the subject where she di- like dove into the tragic details of the family's final moments. Oh my gosh, yeah, how did they find out? Like, did somebody who was there... I don't know how she did it, but like, it sounds yeah. like, yeah, she got like, just, she was a historian, she maybe found historical documents of people, right. either like the people who were involved in yeah, the they execution must have been there. or... But, wild. So... And like... Honestly, worst planned assassination ever. Truly. But the thing is, is they like pre-planned this for months ahead of time. It's kind of like the Santa case where they're like, yes. we're going to plan this. And then they get down there and everything goes wrong. Yes. Well, it's just so like, bad. I just feel like if they were going to do a firing squad, it would have been like, I so guess, fast. I guess the people were moving. They could have tied them up. They could have done. Yeah. Like, I've never planned an assassination. I, I feel like I either. could get it on lock. Like right? I could get it right the first time. <sighs> anyway. So, that's my story of the Romanov family. The true story. Because you know what? We are a true crime podcast, but we're also dark history. I feel like those are my favorite stories. It's my favorite, too. So, my sources for this were Wikipedia and an all-that's-interesting article, Inside the Murder of the Romanov Family and Their Chilling Final Moments by Lisa Hornug. But um, there were, like, tons of Wikipedia pages I went through for Mm -hmm. this, but... It was fun. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah. Now when your kid has to do a, a thing on this, he'll be like, I know everything. Well, and I didn't realize that like the discovery of all this was like in so 90s. close well, to like when that movie came out. Right. And I honestly thought the Romanovs happened in like the 1700s. Me too. I had no idea it was that recent. Yeah. So I found it fascinating. And I hope you did too. I sure did. And I'm, I hope I'm it delighted. uplifted you a little bit more than the first story. I know. I won't do that again. Next yeah. week, I'll do something happier. Maybe. Ugh, I, I mean, know. it's like the time that I told that horrible story about the human experience experiments <laughs> in Japan. It was rough. Yeah, you're like, I am I was sorry. like, I 
I would like to preface this with I hate that I'm doing this and I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm doing it to you, but you know what? Here we are. We have to learn from history or it repeats. We're doomed to repeat it. Right. Okay. Uh yeah, so uh we what we need from you is for you guys to email us. Intrusive thoughts. Anything. Anything that's weird, strange, yeah. dark. Did you you know what? My friend was telling me today that she saw a parking lot fight. I would love to hear parking lot fight stories. Oh my gosh, yes. And she was like, I'm I'm eating this up. She's like, one lady is yelling at this guy and this other guy's yelling at this lady. Uh, one time we got out at a gas station stop on the way to Texas and a lady exited her car with her pants and underwear around her knees. <laughs> and she ran into a Denny's and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> So, like, ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> Pull your pants up. Yeah. Oh, she was. She was doing it fast. And she, was, they were in a fight. Anyway. Okay. Do you have stories like that? Share it with us. Yeah. Gloom Share and Bloom, your- Gloom and Bloom podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to share a link a few times this week. Yeah. I'm going to make it so easy for you. In your face. Because what is my love language, everyone? Words of affirmation. Absolutely. I need to hear it. That's what I need for 2024. And you guys, Share our podcast with your friends and family. We would love to grow. We we're, would love. To, we're um. We want to be growers, not showers. Yes, and we would love to. We're we're still working on our merch. We're getting there. But what what I would love to do mm-hmm. is once our merch gets going, I would love to do a little giveaway. So keep this on your mind. Mm-hmm. Of share your favorite reel of ours. Yeah, and you'll be entered into. Yes, into the pot. And we'll give you either a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. Yeah. So be thinking of your favorite reel. Yep. Share with your friends and family. We love you. Join us on January 27th for our murder chats and snacks. We can't wait to see you. Mm -hmm. Morning time. Mm -hmm. Or if you're the East Coast, afternoon. Yeah. Sorry, we can't please everybody. (laughs) Yeah. What? You think we're like the Romanovs? We can't travel time. No. No, we can't. (laughs) Do you have a sign off for us? Oh, um, we this week we wish you the breast, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we hope that your year is Romanov to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Do less. God bless. Gloom and bloom out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>